0: I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. A lot of people who aren't from the Bay Area love to point out how we whine about the weather. What's the big deal about feeling a little cold or hot? This past week has been an exception, though. The heat wave has broken records, and it's made our whining a bit more justifiable. It's hot as hell. How hot? Fairfield hit 117 degrees on Labor Day. Restaurants in cities like Livermore and Petaluma were forced to shut down because of power outages and challenging working conditions. And even downtown San Francisco saw temperatures soar to 94 degrees on Tuesday afternoon. This heat wave is different and historic. Our region doesn't quite have the infrastructure to deal with it. The state's power grid is being pushed to the limit, and the heat wave is posing serious public health risks to some communities. Jerry Diaz is here to talk about why this heat wave is so severe. He's The Chronicle's first-ever meteorologist. He'll also share when we can expect things to finally cool down and why we can expect to see more intense heat waves like this in the future. Jerry, great to have you on Fifth Emission. Yep. Yeah, thank you so much. So, Jerry, the Bay Area recorded its highest ever temperature during this heat wave. Break it down for us. What's been causing it?
1: Yeah, so the best way we can describe it is we're in the middle of what we call a very extreme ridge of high pressure. Now, this has been given a lot of names in the area, and one of the most frequent ones that we've been using is Heat Dome so this heat dome is essentially just that it's a very large weather system that's been sitting right over california for what feels like almost a week now and because it's been sitting here it's allowed all of this excess heat all of the sunlight that we've been getting for the past few days it's helped to heat up a lot of the land surface area of the state and because that dome is trapping that heat it has nowhere to go so we're dealing with temperatures that are now exceeding levels that we really haven't seen In the bay area or northern california for quite some time so that's been really enabling this extreme heat
0: and temperatures have climbed past 110 degrees in some bay area cities which areas have really felt the most oppressive heat
1: yeah and that's really the best way to describe it it really has been a lot of oppressive heat so the areas that have been hardest hit with this oppressive heat and that's really the best way to describe it uh is our east bay area so a lot of these cities like Livermore, Fairfield, Concord, they've all been dealing with temperatures that have exceeded 115 degrees. In fact, right now we're already seeing temperatures approaching that once again. Uh, so now that's two days in a row of very oppressive 115 plus degree temperatures all across the East Bay, particularly east of I-680.
0: And climate scientist Daniel Swain, who's been on our show before, he said on Tuesday that this heat wave might be, quote, one of the worst heat waves on record in any month, given its duration and its extreme magnitude, especially in Northern California. What's been making it exceptional, Jerry?
1: Yeah, and that's a good way of describing it. It really has been an exceptional heat wave For some residents in the area, they might look back to the time of 2017 when we had a similar heat wave. Uh, That's the one that brought 106 degree temperatures to downtown San Francisco. Now we haven't seen that in the city of San Francisco with this heat wave, but the big distinction between that heat wave and the one we're dealing with is that duration that we're experiencing. As I mentioned earlier, we've been dealing with this heat for almost a week now, and we've already seen two days in a row of oppressive temperatures all across the Bay Area that's the big distinction between previous heat waves and this one whereas previous ones would last maybe a day or two this one is now going on day 7 so extreme heat for a long period of time that's really the big driver as to why this heat wave is so exceptional and so different from previous
0: ones and What's making it exceptional? I I mean, should we expect more heat waves to look and feel like this? And are they getting worse because of climate change?
1: So Daniel Swain did a, a recent study, and actually it's been both him and several scientists now that have been looking into what exactly is changing in California's climate landscape. One interesting feature that we've noticed is that over the past couple of decades, Northern California and the Bay Area, in particular,ly have been getting warmer, and uh, just with successive summers, to the point where even our fog has started to deteriorate a lot faster. So mm-hmm. there are a lot, there's a lot of research out there going into this idea of where will San Francisco's climate and really the Bay Area as a whole, where will we be 50 years from now? And it's looking like just based on the latest preliminary data the entire Bay Area and really much of northern and central California might end up looking a lot more like southern California by the end of this century, meaning we could be seeing a lot more of these very oppressive long-duration heat waves in the coming years.
0: And, you know, Jerry, you're our newsroom's first ever meteorologist. What else has been sort of notable about this particular heat wave for you? What what else have you learned?
1: Yeah, you know, it's been a great learning experience for the team here, uh, especially with just finding some of those extremes not just in San Francisco, but really across the wider Bay Area. One of the challenges that we've found with these heat waves is that not only are we dealing with this duration, these very long maximum temperatures during the day, but we've also seen a lot of oppressive nighttime temperatures. That's not really talked about as often. And so Mm -hmm. we really want to highlight that, and this is something that a lot of residents in the area have noticed, even at night when temperatures would normally drop back down to those cool 50s and 60s, we haven't really seen that with this heat wave. Instead, what we've seen is temperatures overnight staying in the 70s, even a few spots staying in the 80s past midnight. So not only are we dealing with extreme hot daytime temperatures, we're also dealing with a lot of extreme nighttime temperatures. And that's a facet that we're hoping to dive a little bit more into that our team hopes to cover a lot more because it's something that's affecting a lot of us. It's not just heat exhaust during the day, but now heat exhaust at night as well
0: hmm And this heat wave was timed to the Labor Day holiday weekend. A lot of people were out there picnicking and swimming, taking advantage of the warm weather. But we know that heat can be deadly and can cause health risks, too. Who is most vulnerable?
1: Yep. And unfortunately, uh, we have a lot of vulnerable populations in the Bay Area, uh, not only the elderly and the, and the very young, but we also have large homeless populations that are right at the mercy of some of this heat especially in areas like San Francisco and Oakland, where we've seen temperatures skyrocket into the the 90s over the past couple of days. So unfortunately, our most vulnerable populations are those that on the socioeconomic ladder have the fewest resources to stay cool during these kinds of heat waves.
0: More with Jerry Diaz after a quick break. The Chronicle has a live blog about the heat wave that you can check out for the latest coverage. It's at sfchronicle.com heatwave When can we expect things to finally cool down? Jerry will share his insights after the break. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Jerry, before the break, you talked about how some resident populations are especially vulnerable during this heat wave. Lots of Bay Area homes don't have AC. What can people do to stay cool and safe?
1: So the best thing you can do to stay cool and safe, especially uh, if you don't have an AC in your own home, is to make sure that you are up to date on any cooling shelters that might be available in your community. During these kind of events, uh, a lot of cities across the Bay Area will open up cooling shelters In libraries or in local government buildings. So just be sure to follow your local municipalities on Twitter so you stay up to date, really through any social media to stay up to date on any cooling shelters in your area.
0: And there's also been a lot of concern over power grid issues. Energy officials have been urging residents to reduce their energy use, particularly in the evenings. What are the main things that residents can do to help with the heat waves strain on the electric grid?
1: And that is something we've been seeing a lot of here, the strain on the electric grid for the past several days now. One of the best things you can do to try to limit some of that usage, keep your lights off during the day, make sure that you keep sunlight out of your home. That really helps to keep temperatures down by a few degrees. And then going the extra mile, if you do feel like it's very hot in your own home, go to a cooling shelter, just you know, make sure that you avoid any direct sunlight keep those lights off, uh, try to avoid usage really between the hours of noon to 4 p.m. just to limit power usage in your community. And then that way we as, you know, the state can try to uh, make sure that we don't uh, exceed any thresholds and, you know, we can all kind of keep some power on for as long as possible.
0: Of course, another major concern is fire. Already Southern and Northern California have seen wildfires. What's the risk for the Bay Area right now?
1: A lot of those gains that we saw this past summer from all of that fog, that mist, the drizzle that we saw really from May through August, a lot of that, that's been dried up now. So a lot of our grasses, mm. what we call those fuels, you know, our trees, uh, a lot of them are now very strained from the seven days of uh, hot temperatures. So as a result, we're in a situation where, unfortunately, our fuels are very dry, meaning that all we needed are a couple of sparks to get fires going. We've already seen Mm. some of that in Northern California and Southern California. And so as a result, uh, there is that elevated risk of fire developing just across the wider Bay Area.
0: And how does the heat dome, which you described for us earlier, does that impact air quality for us?
1: Yeah, and that's a great question, Cecilia. And here's how it works. It feels a little bit uh, odd to say, but in the same vein that we're seeing this heat being trapped by the dome. We're also seeing some of the air that's been floating over the area get trapped as well. So a way to think about it is we're essentially covering the entire state of California with this giant dome and a lot of the smoke that's already wafting out of wildfires in northern and southern California, well, it has nowhere to go. Mm. So now that smoke starts filtering into central California and we see that buildup of smoke particles and ozone. And so we are essentially trapped in this dome in a meteorological sense. Uh, And so we're at its mercy when it comes to those hot temperatures. And all the smoke that would normally exit the area is now stuck here.
0: So, Jerry, when is this dome going to go away? (laughs) Can we expect some reprieve uh, later in this week? How does the forecast look?
1: Oh, you know, it's one of those, I think it's in the back of all of our minds is when will this heat dome finally start to break down? And the good news is that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So this heat dome has now reached what we call its apex that means that from here on out, it will start to weaken in its intensity. It's reached the strongest level that it can reach given the current weather conditions. So going into Wednesday and through the rest of the week, we'll see the the heat dome begin to finally break down. And that will allow that sea breeze that's been sitting right off the coast, it'll finally give it a chance to breach the heat dome and bring in some of that cool Pacific air that I'm sure we've all been missing. Mm
0: -hmm. And, you know, Jerry, I grew up In the Bay Area, I remember short heat waves. This one really has been notable. Should we expect prolonged heat waves in the future?
1: So, this is one of those uh, what we would call those exceptional heat waves. You know, Daniel Swain has already talked on this subject before, and it's something that there is a lot of research going on on this topic because these kinds of heat waves, these very long duration events, are relatively rare for Northern California, really for much of the West Coast, with the exception of Southern California. So what we're looking at is a situation where a lot of research needs to be done as to whether or not these will become more commonplace in the coming years. At least Mm -hmm. for the short term, uh, what we can expect for the rest of the season is that we are finally starting to shift into what we call that Diablo wind season. So that means that we can expect at least another one or two heat waves. Whether or not those will exceed the thresholds that we saw with this current heat wave, that's left to be uh, seen. But Hopefully, this is just one one exceptional heat wave out of um, what otherwise would have been a pretty average year for the Bay Area.
0: Jerry, grateful for your insights. Thank you for your reporting. I appreciate the time. Thank you, Cecilia. Jerry Diaz is a meteorologist in the Chronicle newsroom. Find live heatwave updates at sfchronicle.com slash heatwave. For more reporting from the Weather Wonks, the Chronicle's weather team, go to sfchronicle.com slash weather. You can also email Jerry and his team questions about the weather at weatherwonks at sfchronicle.com. Thanks to King Kaufman for editing this episode and to you for listening.